Welcome to another episode of the Onnit Radio, starring Faden and Dale. Hello, I'm Faden. Hi, I'm Dale. This is a uh, a monthly game club podcast. Basically, uh, think of it like a book club, but every month we play a different game. Yeah, video games, board games. No, video games. But we sometimes talk about board games in our first uh, first segment right here, where we talk about a game we've been playing this month. What have you been yeah. playing, Dale? Wow, rapid fire. I like it. We're keeping <laughs> things lively today. Going brisk. Let's jump right in. <laughs> How many times am I going to say, let's jump right in this podcast? Well, <laughs> let's jump right in with the first time. To- okay, I'm done. <laughs> I've been playing V Rising, Faden. I'm glad you asked. rising captured my attention at the beginning of the month when the uh, big summer sale was going um and i'm a survival craft nut i think that there are a bunch of games out there that did the minecraft formula which i loved and they took it and they made it better like in no man's sky when they're like it's minecraft but in space or in like a valheim that's like it's minecraft but vikings so what is this minecraft but like this is Minecraft, but vampires. Ah. It, it's a lot of fun so far. It's got a uh, isometric camera a la Diablo. And that's a pretty apt comparison, too, because the crafting takes a second seat to the combat in this one. After all, you are a vampire. Yeah, so combat's more important than most of these other games. Oh, absolutely. I would say combat is probably the forefront you continue to fight bosses as a way of progressing what you can craft. It's pretty uh, pretty much hand-in-hand. Hand. Those two things are uh, essential to progress through the game. So the combat feels more like Diablo Immortal or... <laughs> I haven't tried Immortal. But... Not Immortal, sorry. I Diablo, insert Diablo title. Dia- Diablo, insert title, yeah. It's definitely got an ARPG feel to it. There isn't the uh, skill tree kind of customization like I maybe hoped there was when I first saw the game. Instead, you unlock different abilities, and then you can select what abilities you equip to your cooldown keys. And I like that. I think it's pretty cool. There's five different schools of this vampiric magic. You got your blood, you got your frost, you got your disease, you got your chaos, and you got your... um, Did I say frost already? Yep. Maybe there's four schools. Oh, (laughs) no, what was the last one? Anyway, I don't remember. It's good, good stuff. And and being an early access title, there could be some red flags for many people. But uh, I have not seen any shortage of content yet in the roughly 20 hours I've probably put into it now. Okay, do you play alone? I mean, I know you play with some people, but I don't know. 
I have mostly played this one with people. I put in about eight hours solo and since then have played with uh, my girlfriend, with um, some very close friends, and soon, possibly even after we finish recording, I think I'm going to twist your arm into playing with me. Look, as, uh, as long as I get to be an antagonist vampire that's across the way, kind of like a grumpy neighbor. Go for it. Someone that's the just game will let you. harassing and throwing sticks across the way. <laughs> yeah, you can totally do that. Encroaching. Putting hedges where they don't belong just to make you please. angry. Oh, please put hedges where they don't belong. Just be a complete terrible neighbor. <laughs> what about you? What have you been playing this month aside oh. from our game? Oh, I've been playing... Uh... Oh, I always get the name mixed up. Hard Space... Shipbreaker. I always want to say hardship space breaker. That's not right. Death Blood Garden Altar. Exactly. What was that one we played? Oh, uh, Death Garden Blood Harvest. Death Harvest Blood Garden. Or no, yeah, it was Death Harvest Blood Garden. That's right. Oh, <laughs> one of those. But anyway, what's Hardship about? Uh, Hardspace Shipbreaker is about uh, taking apart giant spaceships for a massive corporation that controls every sector of industry pretty much and the entire uh solar system what's really good about this game is the complete satisfaction you get for stripping a spaceship of all of its spare parts you have to pull out metal plating and throw it into a processor or you have to take like aluminum and throw it into a furnace like hard metal Mm -hmm. but you can't throw computers and terminals inside there you have to pull them out and throw them into a barge that's below you and they'll come and take it away. Okay. And you're doing so all it's a this. Labor sim. Yeah, it's a labor sim. It's one of those really satisfying labor sims, though. Okay. It has a narrative twist where you're basically in debt to a corporation. You start off with one point, I don't know, six billion dollars in debt. Okay. And you have to try to work off and pay it off. And if you die, you're revived with a, a clone called a spare, and they charge you. Oh. $700,000 for it. Oh, man. So, pretty rough stuff. I only died once throughout the campaign. Congratulations. Thank you. I accidentally put a demolition charge right next to a nuclear reactor, and it went super critical, blowing me up. Oh. <laughs> and a whole bunch of the ship. Lost a lot of money on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reactors don't like to blow up. 
so huh. strangely never never would have thought of that right it's just something you don't think about this game sounds like you ever see the movie moon nope what is that about okay uh it is about a worker on a mining colony on the moon okay and to say much more would be pretty severe spoilers to the movie it's a really great watch experience <laughs> uh starring sam rockwell and no one else oh no one else yeah it is sam rockwell that's interesting it's a good movie. It's really cool. It's it's like a kind of cerebral sci-fi sort of thing. Yeah. Like the core concept is similar, but what uh the story about uh hard space is you're trying to form a union to get better protections. And I guess I'm just going to spoil the game, but honestly, anyone should just listen because the story is really just not good. What's really fun is breaking the ships. I kind of don't like the story at all. Oh, yeah. So you eventually have to do some industrial action, and you're going to break the ship completely and throw it in the, into the wrong furnace or wrong processor in order to completely destroy the ship to say, hey, we control the means of production. We own. We are the profits. If we do not work, you do not profit. Some worker solidarity. Yeah. Why didn't you like that? Well, the result is really weird because one of the core demands was to end debt for workers, mm-hmm. that you shouldn't have to be in debt to be a worker. Okay. But what they do is they clear your initial debt only. And you're still charged a fee for your tools, for having a spare, for genetic backup. For your uh-huh. clones, you're still charged like fees, which is really weird because I would think you would also like be free from all debt, not just that one time debt. Right. So if I did really badly in the career, it would erase my um, original debt, but I would still owe money and I couldn't leave my job until I paid that off. Weird. So you're still stuck, basically. Well, you have to keep working and renting. I did really well. So I had enough money to leave, but you could only leave if you owned a ship. They wouldn't take you back. Huh. What? Yeah. That part was also very strange. You couldn't, like, have enough money to hitch a ride back to a shuttle. You have to instead build a ship. And I was close enough that I could probably easily do it, but... When I realized that point, I just said, nah, fuck this game. I'm done. I had I had fun breaking down ships. You got your worth. I got my worth. It was on Game Pass. I didn't really pay anything. Besides, you know, the Game Pass fee. Right. So it was just really strange. I, I, I thought, well, what was the point of <laughs> unionizing if the working conditions are still exactly the same and I'm charged for dying? Yeah, that's some, like corporations win no matter what propaganda yeah and i guess it's trying to be like oh well full-scale progress doesn't happen in a day and i get that but the the funny part was that the government also stepped in and said hey this is wrong we should we should try to help and do something and they actually help even though the corporation owns all the government so i don't know how that happened it tries to say like this is the realistic ending but it's already working in an unrealistic way so i don't know why this is where it's drawing the line it just feels very unimaginative that it, it, that it yeah. can't imagine a brighter future outside of a corporate system 
huh we all have cutting tools we could have just cut more things as workers exactly but no no so that was just a little strange but other than that really like it it has like cowboy twang music too that is very interesting for the first five six seven hours but then kind of gets very route and boring oh that's well it's just i don't know about that yeah you want an ambient kind of enjoyable thing for a game like that yeah it's just so generic that i i almost wish they gave us different channels like oh i can do this classical channel or i can do this generic like jazz channel or something Oh, yeah, or this um, alternative-sounding rock music. Mm-hmm. Generic rock. Generic-sounding rock music. Heavy-sounding rock music. You know, that's basically just Guns N' Roses to me. Is all those last four genres I've described? It's just generic-sounding rock music. <laughs> it's like lullaby music. Yeah, yeah, like Enya. No, Enya is interesting to me Enya's a lullaby music to me <laughs> do you just fall asleep to Enya I do I'm, I was programmed as a child to fall asleep to Enya in the kindergarten actually oh wait really yeah that was that was the lullaby music they would put on back in 1998 kindergarten that fucking rocks <laughs> <laughs> that's sick I love that it was pretty cool pretty chill <laughs> just <laughs> All right, kids. Great. Which NFCD do you want? Yeah. <laughs> Last up today, please. <laughs> Just give me, give me the greatest hits. You know what game doesn't have music by Enya? What What game is that? <laughs> like all I'm, of them. I'm I don't think there's a. Hear. I don't think there's a single game that has Enya music, right? Hey Google, does any video game have Enya music? Oh, it didn't get me right. Um, but the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it searched for, does any video game have any music? <laughs> does, I, I'm always asking this. Does any video there... game have music? No, the answer is no, of course. There's never been music in video games. <laughs> what did we play this month, Dale? We played a game with no music called Metal Gear Solid. thriller Ooh, political thriller intrigue interesting story I, but i guess we should uh, do the uh, elevator pitch first our 30 second summary 
pitching the game as if you're catching someone in an elevator. A very important right. someone. Pretend this is you Miyamoto like... for some reason you're pitching to him about Metal Gear Solid. We like to do that. Is it my turn? It is your turn since Jake took it from you last time. Oh, boy. Jake did okay. a good job, actually. Jake did a really good job. So, no pressure. Um, I'm pulling up a timer. All right. On your mark. Get set. Go. Snake, I need you to do this mission for me. The government has infiltrated a nuclear emission, a missile silo in Shadow Moses Island. Your job is to go in a covert op and then steal back the coordinates from this nuke. Once done, you'll go out with a bang. It's a solo mission as usual, Snake, and you'll have to get the weapons on site. Do you think you can do it? Of course you can, Snake. You're our time. best man for the job. Time. Time. <laughs> um, well, it was an interesting pitch, but I think you got some things factually wrong. Most of them were probably factually wrong, because I was more focused on pulling up the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> so, Metal Gear Solid... Metal Gear Solid. Wow. It's a game I've never played before. I, I uh, was a Nintendo kid growing up, so I never got the chance to touch this one until until this year. Yeah, so you never touched this Metal Gear game specifically. Have you touched any? I have played a little chunk of five Phantom Pains and uh, one, what would, what would you call the one, <laughs> four and a half, Ground Zeroes? Yeah, just Ground Zeroes. Pre-5, Ground Zeroes. Oh, and I own Metal Gear Rising Revengeance and have played the first mission in that game a half a dozen times, but never anything more than it. <laughs> that game's good. It's so fun. I like that game. You would like it too if you continued playing. I, I You know, I, I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, well, we chose this game because this is one of my favorite games growing up. And last month, we did my favorite game growing up. Exactly. So fair. Yeah, uh, reciprocation. We're all about that here. Truly. I played this game first when I was in middle school. I believe seventh grade? Whoa, did you even understand the story? Yeah, I, I was obsessed with the story. I replayed the game uh, a few times, trying oh. to experience it all and understand its intricacies. I got its basic plot and basic meaning not the subtext that i have definitely got this time around okay but it made me super anti-nuke as a kid so that basically was my it's one of the uh one of the things that has led me down the political path i am at kojima's goal accomplished maybe i don't maybe. know not maybe not where i'm at but definitely he got me thinking about nukes in ways I never did before. Outside of the um, whole, just my classmates would just kind of joke around about nuclear explosions whenever stuff like that would pop up and how funny it would be to just like nuke the entire world and all that sociopathic American shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember my childhood. It was basically the same. Yeah, it's really weird that kids are just picking that up from adults constantly because I remember adults doing that all the time. Oh, yeah. Let's nuke the hell out of Iran. Yeah, shit like that. Really dumb, arrogant, fucking racist shit. Yeah. 
And so it got me thinking differently because I didn't see much media about nukes at all. And yeah, that's that, that's why Metal Gear Solid became super important. And also it made me love stealth games. I used to not play many stealth games, but once I started playing this, oh boy. <laughs> Interesting how this is. Well, I mean, you can play this game stealthily. <laughs> Did you play it stealthily? No, hell no. Guns out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoy all the killing. It told me at the end of the game how many people I had killed. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I knew that I knew that from the series forward, it gave you a Trank pistol to specifically try and avoid killing people. And that became a big, that anti-war was a huge part of Metal Gear's story and ethos. Um, but this one, I, I, I went in thinking that too. And then I got like almost halfway through the game and I'm like, there's still no Trank pistol. <laughs> I th- I think I'm not as badly penalized for killing things, so I'm just gonna go guns out. <laughs> I should also note that I'm not a pro gamer, and I played this game on easy difficulty using the infinite health cheat. Hey, that's okay. You're there for the story. I loved the story. It was so much fun. So I think it might be important to lay out uh, what Metal Gear is, maybe for people who don't know. Um, specifically Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid is the third game in the Metal Gear series that were originally on the MSX2. They were Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake. Metal Gear Solid was uh, developed by Konami. And the main director on this is one of the bigger names in games. The uh, Artur, Artur, as some people would Artur. like to say. Artur, um, oh. <laughs> Hideo Kojima. The other writer on the project was uh, Tomokazu Fukushima. And yeah, this came out September 3rd, 1998. Oh yeah, real real uh, Gulf War era, uh, uh, you know, nuke panic. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really nuke panic in this era. It was actually no, relative peace. The Cold War. The co- yeah, I was like, this was after the Cold War. Yes, it was. <laughs> Um, it's now 35 years old, the Metal Gear series. This week, it turned 35. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, so we played it at the right time. We also played it for Gay Wrath Month, which is feels very fitting. Yes, yes. Gay Pride Month was Legend of Zelda. Gay Wrath Month, Metal Gear Solid. And, yeah, so have you played many stealth games before, Dale? I've dipped a toe in here and there. Um, one that I had a lot of fun with was, I think it's called Aragami. Um, it's like a you play as this ninja uh, uh, that can warp through shadows. It's uh, really interesting. And also, specifically, being in the light will give you damage. So it's like a, it's almost puzzly in how you need to move between light and shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one I really enjoyed was, I think it's Mark of Ninja, the side-scrolling. I, I, that might not be what it's called. But there was a side-scrolling stealth game, a little bit of action-y too, uh, where you could go for the bad guys and stuff. Okay. But uh, no, no, I don't I don't tend to play too many stealth games. I tried Dishonored and was quickly put on my <laughs> ass. <laughs> All right, so this... Is this the first stealth game you finished? 
No, I finished Mark of the Ninja. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I didn't finish Aragami. I think I got close. How did you feel about the uh, old controls of Metal Gear Solid? That's partly why I turned on the cheats. <laughs> okay, that's 100% why I turned on the cheats. Not having analog sticks was... Wh- what was that? <laughs> My favorite thing about the game, though, was the way Snake moved. Speaking of old game and old controls, the all of the movement of Solid Snake was just comical his his run cycle as you are standing is as though someone was riding a bicycle and slightly turning to the left or right he leans he his whole body <laughs> leans to the left or right when, whenever you turn and the way the way he puts his arms up looks like he's holding on to bicycle handles <laughs> so <laughs> it's like one part old cat burglar and one part someone riding a bike snakes just biking out here <laughs> and then when you're crawling prone if you do a circle on the d-pad the snake will just do a circle on the <laughs> just zero turn lawnmower snake <laughs> oh, it, was, it was it was fun there was a nice auto aim that helped me a lot i noticed that that you know, if I shot in the vicinity of someone, Snake would go point his gun the rest of the way there for me. Thanks. I was so bad at the auto-aim at first. It was giving me such issues, especially during some firefights. I, uh, I don't know what yeah. was wrong with me. I couldn't remember that I just let the auto-aim happen. I was trying to aim. No, no, just let it happen. <laughs> I didn't remember the radar system being this weird. It feels like the enemy's cone of visions are very short in this game. Oh, that was great. Very, and the cameras, if you sidled along the wall, you could avoid most of those cameras. Yeah, I think that's cameras in general in all these games, though. Okay, that's, I didn't know that. That's just their weakness. Sure. Cool. Good to know, because I do want to play more of these games now. Yeah, so you liked playing it overall, though. I did. The story made it worthwhile. Um, the just it felt very cinematic very theatrical at times very campy but i'm here for the camp uh (laughs) it was a good time it was engaging in a way that uh i wanted to finish it instead uh where tunic i i'm thinking back to tunic how i binged through it and it was like wait shit i want to slow down and then i took a break and almost didn't finish the game but (laughs) this one this one i got through i sat down one day played it I admittedly took a little bit of a B-Rising break, but pretty much got right back to it and finished it in about three days total. I The thing I love about this game is it gets why spy movies are neat. It throws a whole bunch of jargon at us, like yes. COA. And and, and I, the, the subtitles were almost necessary because of all mm-hmm. of the acronyms they were using. Then they explained them in like, uh, what was... Um, P-O- P.O.S. or procure on site yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, I'm assuming weapons are procure on site, but they didn't say that. They said the acronym. And then later on when they start getting into all the technicalities of the, like, is this real science they're throwing at me or does it just sound like it? Either way, I'm hooked. All of the science from this game comes from Kojima watching American movies. Brilliant. He is a big fan, and you can tell very much. This game takes a cinematic form that yes. feels like an 80s action movie. 
It does. It's uh, very heavily inspired by Escape from New York, or at least the character Snake is yep. inspired by that Kurt Russell character. It is 100% obvious that that is true because in the second game, there is some very explicit references to that movie. Hey everyone, so we actually had a bit of an audio mishap. I uh, ran out of disk space for my session data, and we lost a lot of good stuff, but we're going to jump right back in as best we can. Here we are two days later after our what you just heard. Ready, Faden? Oh yeah, and we're going to actually start off with a general summary of the plot of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. And this story is the main reason to come for this game. So if you don't want to be spoiled, I would suggest just stop here and go play the game. It's a it's a quick 10, 11 hours. It's really not that long. And if the archaic controls throw you for a loop, there's cheats. Yep. Or you can be a fool like me and play the uh, Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes edition. On Nintendo's GameCube. Oh, so good. <laughs> so bad. All right. So Metal Gear Solid is about a soldier named Solid Snake who is given orders by his old colonel, Roy Campbell, to infiltrate Shadow Moses Island, which is off the Fox Archipelago of Alaska. Snake has to go in there and stop the terrorists from launching a nuke. They have threatened to nuke the United States unless they are given $1 billion and the corpse of Big Boss, Snake's father and former mentor. Snake meets up with the DARPA chief, Donald Anderson, and Anderson dies from a heart attack. Suddenly, tragically. Tragically. Then Snake runs into uh, Revolver Ocelot trying to find the uh, arms president, who is Kenneth Baker. He, bad guy. Bad guy. So you fight Ocelot. Revolver Ocelot's the bad guy, not Kenneth Baker. Well, we'll see. We'll get to that. (laughs) Snake then fights a Revolver Ocelot. Freeing the DARPA chief after a cybernetic ninja saves the day by cutting off Ocelot's hand. That will be important. A real, a real clutch move. Snake contacts Meryl on the, uh, on the Codex system. And Meryl lets Snake know to talk to Dr. Hal Emmerich. He made Metal Gear. It's important to note that after the DARPA chief dies in our arms, we briefly meet Meryl for only just a moment. Yep. Meryl is then introduced to us by the Colonel Roy as uh, his niece. And she's there because the military brought her there. Snake meets up with Meryl. And they together fight Psychomantis. After they defeat Psychomantis, Sniper Wolf shoots Meryl multiple times, but doesn't kill her. Snake comes back with a sniper rifle after leaving Meryl and fights off Sniper Wolf. But in the end, he is captured by Sniper Wolf and a group of troops. Snake is then tortured by Ocelot. And this is where you can make a choice as a player. Either submit to the torture or to resist the torture by pressing the action button repeatedly. Either way, Snake then escapes from the prison cell. And with the help of a new friend, Otacon, who he saved from from an encounter with a cybernetic ninja... He escapes to the communication tower and fights off Liquid Snake in a high D. Liquid, the leader of the terrorists. Yes. 
After he escapes to Hind D, he fights Sniper Wolf in a snowfield, and then moves on to fight Vulcan Raven in a freezing facility. Very cold. Snake then uses the Pal Key's secret to accidentally activate Metal Gear Rex, which is Liquid's plan all along. Liquid and Snake then fight Liquid and Metal Gear Rex and Snake as a lone man. His friend Gray Fox as the cybernetic ninja saves the day, but then dies. Snake fights Liquid and Metal Gear Rex one more time. Snake blows up Metal Gear Rex, but Liquid survives and captures Snake, puts him on top of Metal Gear Rex, and takes off his shirt. Snake and Liquid fight. Snake throws Liquid off to a height that is, quote, uh, not even you can survive the fall, Snake. So Liquid falls to his death, seemingly. Depending on your choice, Snake either rescues Meryl or finds out that she is dead. It depends on whether or not you submitted to the torture. So in the next part, either Snake and Meryl or Snake and Otacon will escape on the back of a vehicle fighting on a mounted turret shooting down enemies and blowing up uh blowing up obstacles to get out of a tunnel liquid comes back in a car with a machine gun in his hand snake fights him they crash liquid dies from fox die which was a virus that snake had inside him the government doesn't blow him up the guy gets the girl, or the guy gets the guy. The end. That is the very, very broadest strokes of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's a very long summary. <laughs> but a lot happens. And I think we should uh, break down all the characters, since we kind of know the broad general outs outline of the story. We can kind of talk about it all now with each character. You think so? You think so? I absolutely think so. You know who we should do first? Who's that? The most important character in the game. I'm excited to see who that is. Johnny! <laughs> who is Johnny, Faden? This is Johnny's first appearance in a Metal Gear game. Now, Johnny appears in all Metal Gear games after this. So every single one? Every single one. I'm pretty sure five. I'm pretty sure five, but I cannot pull the exact reference off my head. But Johnny, you see. Okay. He was knocked out by Meryl, and Meryl took his clothes, so he got sick. And so uh -huh, when Snake uh -huh. is in the prison cell, Johnny is watching you, but he's sneezing and stuff. And he has to go to the bathroom a lot, because the, there's one joke to Johnny. I did tell you this. The joke is he always is shitting his pants. Always. It's only at best mildly funny. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Because he went and shit his pants a couple of times before I figured out what I had to do at that segment. And I was like, wow, this guy is just having a bad day. He will have a miserable time for the rest of his life. It's his, de his fate, his destiny. I can't wait for it to be plot relevant. Which it is in the fourth game. Oh. Yeah. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. Which, God, you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> you 
You do. That's what you come to play these games for. But you also come to play a snake, who is just wonderful. Main character, as we were, I believe, talking about briefly before the cut. But Snake um, is uh, is really fan- fan- fantastic as just a total American bad ass. What more could you want in the character of a spy thriller? He really is just a, a, a amalgamation of a whole bunch of spy characters and war heroes. There's like Rambo and James Bond all mixed up into one. Yeah. With a little bit of John Wayne classic American, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Misogyny. <laughs> and also just Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah, through and through. Yeah. Just, man, that Kurt Russell energy. What is What does he uh, tell Naomi about cigarettes? What's that line from that one movie? Oh, uh, <laughs> something about, like, you may know that cigarettes are bad for my health, but you'll never know how great a cigarette feels when you first wake up in the morning. The characters chastise him for smoking. They do, openly. It's pretty great. He... He swallowed his pack of cigarettes and it sat in his stomach a certain way so he can smuggle it on. That's a plot point in the very intro of the game. It's a good thing he does because lasers. You do need them, yep. The cigarettes come in handy to to discern where those infrared lasers come from. Cigarettes. They're bad for your health. The game warns you many times that cigarettes are bad for your health. Tells you multiple times, even, if you continue to smoke. And it kills your health bar. Actively. <laughs> the snake loves them. Makes them look cool. Apparently. It does. Well, I mean, you can see the difference when you are or are not smoking. It's just a cool animation. So Snake's been the protagonist in all the Metal Gear games at this point. And so he has a bit of a history... And you were able to learn some of it. Yeah? Yeah, I was. In the extras menu of the game, something many games don't have anymore. I miss extra menus. Right? They were were just a treat. Well, in this extra menu, you could learn uh, that in the previous two games, Snake was on the battlefield and ran along with Frank Yeager, codenamed Gray Fox. And the two of them went up against who they thought was their leader, but turned out to be the ultimate deceiver, Big Boss. That's how the Metal Gear Game 1 ends. And then in Metal Gear Game 2, Solid Snake, it's you versus Gray Fox in the end. Because, oh, Gray Fox was under the hypnotizing guise of uh, Big Boss, who is not actually dead. Big twist in the end. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Metal Gear really loves hypnotism. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, do you care to explain more? Nope. Okay. I, I I can't. It wouldn't even make sense. I don't think it would. Not yet. But it is important. Basically, just keep that in the back of your mind. So Solid Snake, he is constantly betrayed throughout the entire game. Constantly. At every step. Right off the bat... Campbell, his CO, his best friend, the colonel, 
just lying to him about his mission, injected him with a virus, knowing that Snake's main mission was to be a biological agent of war. <laughs> That's a good main mission. Yeah, I love every time you talk to someone in the Codex. Like, this is how you speak to Campbell. He just gets plainly asked, are you lying to me? Because Snake's pissed. He doesn't want to be used. He, he's doing this for a friend. He came out of retirement from dog mushing. <laughs> yeah. He's a musher, you know. That's that's what his his main dream was. Which is, I think, amazing. All Snake wants Just, to do is be mushing dogs. Instead, he is uh, being infected with something called fox dye. Yep. Poor guy. Poor guy. And that's why, you know, people have heart attacks in front of him. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't figure it out until the very end when Naomi is finally like, yep, you, uh, you, got, uh, you got the virus within. <laughs> the virus within. That's just, that's going to be a COVID movie. Oh my God. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, indeed. Because you're probably right. Yeah. Which is the I, worst part. I am not looking forward to how people cash out, like, millions of people dying. It's going to be so fucked. And then someone's going to win an Oscar for it. Probably. I mean, think about war movies, though. Uh, well. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, think about war video games. Think about... Uh, the... I Snake has catchphrases too. <laughs> yeah. You you missed my favorite snake line. Uh, oh, because I didn't save Meryl. Because you didn't save Meryl. Oh, what is your favorite snake line? Let's go live life. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. They're about to ride off in the sunset and Snake says, "Let's go live life." But he says it in nope. the happiest way that it's so weird. Just contrary to every other gloomy thing he's said in the entire game. Yep. He also, when Liquid um, comes up to Snake with a gun, Snake just looks up and goes, uh-oh. Like he's uh -oh. some sort of slapstick cartoon character. <laughs> Take a look at this guy. Still trying to murder me. Ugh. Sheesh. A boogity 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 boogity. <laughs> yeah, it has that energy to it. <laughs> it's like some real Bubsy. Yep. It, it's, yeah. What do I need? A pilot's license? If you get the love ending, which is saving Meryl ending, he becomes this weird, joyous snake. But they don't know how to figure out joyous snake, so he's just going over the top. Oh. Over the top snake. Over the top in love snake. Infatuation. And Meryl can't resist him. Nobody can resist snake. Snake is the hottest person ever. That's true. I mean, that's objectively true. Every single woman <clears throat> is just like, snake, you dog. Hee hee hee. And snake's just like, yep, I'm going to say something terrible. <laughs> you brute, please stop. I can't help myself. I'm a man after all. <laughs> Oh, Snake, you're so rude. I know. Now come over here and sit on my lap. Oh, maybe once the mission's over. You shoot a gun like a bitch, by the way. Oh my god, no, not this again. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just You're calls... a scared little rookie. Just a rookie, even worse. 
He's very insultive, but, like, he also knows he's a sad man who's empty inside and has nothing to live for. So he embraces it and, like, whatever consequences therefore involved. Yeah, he very much just feels devastated and nihilistic, left, I don't know, left completely broken by war. And what fixes him is love. Speaking of love, do you think it could bloom on the battlefield? No. I don't think it can. Not even between Snake and his lover, Gray Fox? <laughs> um, yeah, who should we talk about next, Vaden? Should we talk about Meryl next, since we just I've been kind of hitting on Meryl? That's been the setup, yeah. Yeah. Meryl, the air quote niece of Colonel Roy. Yeah, so what's interesting about your ending is you do not find out that Meryl is the colonel's daughter. I did find that out. It was such a fucking afterthought that I was like, Meryl was the worst character. (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting because you still think they're niece and uncle. Yeah, but no, at the very end, like Snake's apologizing again and... Colonel Roy goes, she was my daughter, actually. I was going to tell her, but... And then that's it. Well, I'll let you know. He definitely tells her. Is it fucked? Is it weird? Is it uncomfortable? Well, I'll give you the vague context. He tells her and also informs her that he is dating a woman who is her age. That's very uncomfortable. Because we are very clearly... oh, Married. Married to an 18-year-old. Well, Meryl's not 18 at that point. It is explicitly said in the Wikipedia that Meryl is 18 at the time of Metal Gear Solid. He doesn't tell her in the game, in Metal Gear Solid, at all. So you never find that out if you save her. And when you don't save her, it's the worst afterthought of all time and such a footnote in the game that Meryl seems like an insignificant character... I mean, she's still, she's only in the game at the very end again. So she's still insignificant. The game really doesn't do much with her. She's just pretty, no. she's just pretty girl. That's all she ever was for me. Yeah. yeah. She's just tomboy, pretty girl who also is like, I'm psychologically engineered to hate men. It's just like, hey, look at the PlayStation 1. We can make triangles look like breasts. Look at those hips. Very curvy. You have to, like, watch her butt at one point, and it's very weird that they animate her walk so it accentuates her very cubed butt. Like, I don't understand. What? Like, beyond the cutscene where Snake is clearly staring at her ass as she runs away? Yeah, I mean, like, you have to watch her move that way. It is a different movement. Where? Where does the game make you do that? When you try to find her again. Oh, I never happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you're supposed to find her, quote unquote. But you okay. could just accidentally like alert her and she would run to the bathroom. That's what happened to me. Yeah, I walked into a room. She saw me, ran out of there. I killed everyone in the room. And then we were like, hey, what's up? She has the <laughs> I want you snake scene when she's controlled by Psychomantis. Oh, my God, that was cringy. Yeah. It it it, it is. <laughs> yeah, no. That that stuff was a lot. <laughs> and yeah, she's just there to be the girl to save. That's it. That's what's so sad about Meryl. 
It really is, because it could have been a cool support character. Hell, even a foil to Snake's, I'm a gritty old man. Yeah. Because she constantly asks him, isn't there more to life than just trying to survive? And he says... And Snake goes, no. No, I don't know anything else. I constantly just fight for me, fighting for me to have another day. All this edgelord no. shit. It's great. Uh, <laughs> I'm the edgy one. He is so up in his feelings, and he knows it. Other other characters tell him through th- this throughout the game. Like, Snake, yeah. you gotta... You gotta lighten up, dude. Yeah, everyone's constantly asking him, please, Snake, please make some good changes in your life. And he just looks at them and says, nope, I see the problem and I can't do anything about it. Well, okay, there's one character we can talk about real quick that doesn't, and in fact, persuades Snake to continue down the path of the battlefield and be his (laughs) most most cerebral and strategical self. Think with your war mind, Snake. (laughs) As you're on the battlefield, you gotta be a tactician, like a gamer snake. My favorite character, Master Miller. Master Miller is your favorite character? Oh, definitely. He was such a funny, just pop-in character that, oh, here's some words of advice. You're a badass. (laughs) I love it whenever an animal popped up and he calls in to be like, hey, those are field mice. They're not dangerous, but also you should kind of follow them. Lead you to land. And then what? Lo and behold, it got you. Uh, it gets you out of the uh, pipe system that you were stuck in. Yep. Thanks, Master Miller. He also speaks to you uh, metally, metally, meta style. Meta style. Yeah. <laughs> He'll give you the old push the action button to do this commands. Or trust your instincts as a soldier, as a gamer, as a gamer. Great character. Great sunglasses. He is a pretty good character. From the second game. From Metal Gear 2, Solid Snake. Yeah. Master Miller. Kaz Miller, I think is, right? Maybe? Um, or is that a different character? Depends. I did a little looking on the Wikipedia. I it's don't all fully of them. know. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> okay. Also, his name is McDonald Miller. McDonald Miller, yes. And... It's definitely implied in five that the McDonald is named that way because he likes McDonald's. It's Im- <laughs> is it- <laughs> I don't I don't know what to say. It, there's an audio log of Miller talking about how nothing beats a fast food burger. That uh-huh. no matter how much science you can do, you can never perfect. A fast food, good old American burger. That is true, though. Even no. you, as no, it's even not you true. as a vegetarian, are, you are like, about? I miss fast food burgers. I, no, like if I do, I get an impossible Whopper. Yeah, but, but still, also that's a you fast the, food burger mimic. You, it's the best option. What's that? It's just make the burger if you can. Well, yeah, I can do yeah. that. I can make a better tasting burger myself. By myself, I mean I have one of my partners grill it up. But I, I don't know. I don't know if I could beat White Castle. Oh, oh, White Castle. Oh, mmm, White Castle. If you go fast food, you just get some sort of mac and cheese and some fries. Call it good. If I go fast food, I get just the bottom of the barrel garbage dumpster whatever my gut is going to just have the worst time with and i enjoy every second of eating it and 
dread every second of digesting it. Well, you know what? You and Master Miller would get along. I think we would, because we're both gamers. <laughs> we should talk about some of the other Kodak peeps. Yeah, there's a lot of inter- interaction with characters in the Kodak. A great vehicle for this story. Do you want to describe the Kodak? Yeah, the Kodak is made up of um, these little microorganisms that resonate in your ear. And, um, oh, fuck, that's it, right. It, is, isn't it crazy? It's, it's a little uh, microtransmitter. And um, somehow it transmits both sound and image into your head where you can see <laughs> the pictures of people talking and it tunes like an old-fashioned radio frequency. Through there, you can talk to Colonel uh, Colonel Roy, Master Miller, and then um, another important character that helps you save the game, Mei Ling. Yep. Mei Ling. Back to Naomi. Mei Ling's a good character in concept, but man, the remake is smart and drops the accent. Yeah, she feels a little, I don't know. It's a racist character. A little sure. caricature, yeah. Yeah. She saves your game, and that's nice. Good for her. If you call her repeatedly and don't save, she'll eventually stop talking to you. Yeah, yeah, she gets upset with you. Yeah, she did not like it when I do that. did that. Then we have Natasha, who you didn't talk to at all, really. Natasha Romanoff or something like that? Something very Russian? Yeah, I did not talk to Russian Natasha, except for, for her to tell me, hey, smoke, have a cigarette, and then you can... <laughs> Uh, see the IR camera or the IR beam. Yeah. Uh, she's great. She always has a cigarette in her mouth, no matter what. That's why we got along so well. <laughs> she she really hates nuclear weapons. Constantly we'll talk about how corporations are not storing them properly. Storing like waste and that the governments are just increasing their nukes more and nukes are just absolutely amoral on their very face because their only goal is to kill civilians never to do anything productive there's no way for it to be productive it's just meant to be a merciless killing machine you know the fun chats the fun chats but she's she's pretty good i like her very thick accent that's also dropped in the remake naomi hunter suffers this too She's one of my favorite characters. Naomi Hunter, the, um, the, what is she? She's one of the technological, she tells you all about the codec because she like injected you with the nano machines. Yeah, she's the, uh, also the person who injected you a fox dye. Yeah. And structured fox dyes to target specific people, including Snake. But Snake doesn't die from fox dye, thankfully. Right, well, he doesn't die from Doc Fox die because technically his Fox die has a random timer on it. <laughs> it could go off at any time. Go live yeah. your life, Snake. Yeah, Naomi wanted uncertainty in his life, but when she met him and grew to know, knew him, she kind of regretted it, it seemed. It seemed like it. And didn't she realize that like fate is written in your genes or something? You can't change yeah. who you are. Exactly. Some esoteric bullshit. Some weird gene determinism, essentialism. It's kind of odd. Oh, yeah. This game has some wild ideas about genes. Specifically, like, Snake was given, Solid Snake was given all the, 
Oh, the dominant all genes? All the dominant traits, yes. Except, spoiler alert, at the very end, he was given all the recessive genes. Liquid was, right? Well, Liquid was given all the dominant ones, actually, according to Ocelot, who talked to the president at the end. Wait, I, I missed that. I I didn't realize that that switch was made. It oh. was said throughout all of it that Liquid was recessive. Yeah, th- that's what the story set up, but apparently it was switched. Because huh. this game thinks recessive means weak, physically, mentally, all the Lees you can think of. Right. And dominant means good, very powerful. Stellar, very powerful, yeah. It is a very silly understanding of genetics, but this series will not move away from that point. And so that is important. <laughs> Just remember that. Save that one for later. Hypnotism. Genetic determination. And genetic determination. (laughs) Christ. What character should we talk about next? Mm, That's a great question. How about Gray Fox? Because Gray Fox is Naomi's adoptive brother. That's why she wants revenge on Snake. Because Snake killed Gray Fox, who is Frank Yeager in the second game. Yes. Frank Yeager, your best combat friend of all time. So Frank Yeager, he was killed and then brought back as a experiment into cybernetic ninja soldiers. He turns invisible. Like dead corpse revived. Yeah. He's the shell of the man he formerly was. And he wants to fight Snake. And so you fight him with your fists. And he loves that. He does. If you try and shoot him, he dodges the bullets too much. So you genuinely have to go punchity punch. Unless you threw a chaff grenade, right? What? No. I can't remember. I thought maybe you could throw a chaff grenade at him and you can then shoot him. Uh, that that sounds right, but I never tried it. <laughs> Experimentation is key in these games. That's, That's good to know. I yeah. can see it. Like Especially in the later games when you get a book. You set those books on the ground. Highly recommend it. What? Just set books on the ground. Okay. Don't worry about it. They're called books. Don't look into it. It's a book. It's just a book. Nobody's asking questions. Anyway, Frank Yeager sacrifices himself at the end of the game, too, for you. Yeah. He comes in and gets stepped on by the Metal Gear Rex. Which, big dramatic moment. Also, you have a chance to fire a rocket into Liquid, but Frank Yeager's there and Snake cannot pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah. He like is demanding, hey, I'm trying to make the ultimate sacrifice here. Help me. We can kill him in one go. Nope. You try to press that fire button and Snake will just say, I can't do it. No, I can't. Because this game isn't about us playing snake sometimes it's about snake doing stuff but it's weird when that happens because that never happens anywhere else in the game but it happens at one of the climaxes gray fox is probably one of my favorite uh just because of the character design cool cybernetic ninja you like power rangers i like power rangers quite a bit and the uh super sentai or oh yeah super sentai yeah, he, he has the look, but also grittier, much more violent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stabbing people with katanas and 
holding corpses up in the air. Slashity slash. Absolutely killing it and just murdering people. It's brutal. <laughs> the it GameCube edition. It is so brutal. You just watch them all die and get eviscerated. Whereas in the original, it's just one or two guys. Yep. And everything else is already dead. I think we should maybe hit some of the smaller characters. Okay. Let's go with Donald Anderson. DARPA chief. Not really much happening with him, but it's a good scene because you're never ta- you never talk to the DARPA chief in the game. You are always talking to Decoy Octopus. Very minor character because Decoy Octopus doesn't even get announced until after they're dead. And you even know that's Decoy Octopus dying. They are right. a member of the terrorist group Foxhound. And they're pro decoy. Yeah, they're master of disguises. He even injected himself with the same blood as the DARPA chief. That's right. Like some sort of fucking freak. Very weird. Very strange. Nobody was ever going to test his blood type, I don't think. I don't think so. Don't think that's how bodies work either, but okay. (laughs) Also changed his voice to match the DARPA chief perfectly. Just a weirdo. Pretty, pretty weirdo. But you only find out about him way later. Way later. Vulcan Raven tells you that. Vulcan Raven. Do we want to talk about him? Yeah, Vulcan Raven's one of the bosses. And another caricature. Yep, another caricature. This game has a ton of them. Because it also takes from cinema. Because it only knows things from movies. And movies have a lot of, you guessed it, caricatures. (laughs) A lot of Hollywood racism. Classic Hollywood racism. So Vulcan Raven is just a stand-in for the concept of an indigenous person. Not even like an indigenous person, just a They vague... kind of hinted Inuit, like, because they're near Alaska. But yeah, it's, it's just vaguely... I think he also brings up the Sioux Indian tribes as well. Yeah, nothing also feels real either. Anything he says feels really fake. Let's uh, let's go be warriors and stand shirtless in the cold snow while pulling on each other's ears. It's a true test of might. And that may be true, but I just don't trust it coming from this game. So I'm not going to pretend I know anything from this man. And so moving on from Vulcan Raven is another very minor character kind of fitting in with the DARPA chief is Kenneth Baker. He's a president of an arms corporation. Who straight up admits the system's corrupt and he bribes Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, that's how the system works, baby. It's American politics. You got money, I got money. Let's play ball. Yeah, this is how it works here. Oligarchy, baby. (laughs) He also gets killed by the fox die, so yay. But he does tell us to look at the back of our CD case to contact Meryl. Which, nice move. Thanks for that. (laughs) didn't have the cd case you dumb idiot oh i also forgot to mention about meryl real quick she was a character who was originally in police knots she was redesigned for the game for metal gear solid oh i didn't i didn't know that fun fact yep we also have fun facts with faden (laughs) we also have the final generic bureaucrat jim houseman the secretary of defense Great character name for a secretary. Very briefly stages a mini-coup against the colonel and wants to launch nuclear bombs at At Shadow Moses. Moses. Which also, once the colonel gets back control and informs us that the secretary of defense was arrested 
and everything's fine. The colonel tells Snake, what, you don't think the United States government was dumb enough to nuke nuke the facility and pretend it was an accident, do you? (laughs) No, of course not. And Snake even says, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. And of course they would. This one would. But it's okay, the president was in on it. So Revolver Ocelot is the true true spy out of everything. How, how'd you feel about Revolver Ocelot? I thought he was extra, super evil, and I loved it. That's just a bad, bad person. There for the killing, there for the money, there for the treachery of it all. <laughs> Wait, was that your read of Ocelot? That's my read of Ocelot, yeah. I'm interested. Well, he was there to get the there. optical disc. Yeah, yeah. Not not the money. For the for the ten for the billion dollars in the big boss DNA. Well no, I guess you're right. The ultimate goal was the test data for the president. Yeah. And also he did speak of his ideology of wanting to restore Mother Russia. I forgot about that too. But also this game is a lot. <laughs> yes. That's what I was wondering. I was like, I don't know. I got his read that is uh, a man who would do it ever it took to further his own personal goal which is probably reinstate the soviet union absolutely that's his personal goal but also he's gonna do that by working with the american president crazy that's what it seems like in this game put a pin on that okay (laughs) but he was fun i liked his fight where he had to dodge the tripwire i liked it until i played it on the gamecube version where I kept oh, yeah. running into the tripwire, as I've described previously. I just... Oh, he would laugh at me and call me a fool, too. Ooch. And that just stung after the yeah, 15th time. That makes you really hurt. Yeah. Did you have a trick for beating the fight? Run and gun. Shoot him and and shoot him. Shoot him. Um. Sometimes I tried to throw grenades. Didn't quite work, though. Grenades <laughs> would often set up a C4. Oops. Grenades are dangerous around other explosives. True. The one secret for the GameCube you can do is you shoot the piping that he's about to enter and the pipe will stun him. Oh. That's nice. Yeah. They they add a little bit of extra flair like that. The boss music for for the remake is really bad. It's atrocious, especially compared to how good it is in Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. I really it was intense. Dun 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 Spy music. <laughs> yeah, it, it it goes it goes hard and it goes nicely. The GameCube version decided to tone down the music for some reason. Don't know what's up with that. Because uh be, because? There must be some sort of movie influence to that. Maybe the grittier tones or something of the two thousands. I don't know. Matrix. <laughs> Yeah, that ma- Matrix has, well, no, Matrix has some intense spy music, too. Yeah, that's why it's weird. 
They took the boring Matrix music and said that. That, please. <laughs> More of that, please. Huh. Don't worry, though. Snake dodges the bullets like he's in the Matrix. I just, I can never get over him doing backflips and Revolver Ocelot. Just <laughs> his bullets flying past. I just, it's not, Snake is not a superhuman, but he definitely is in that. Yes. For that moment in the game in the Twin Snakes. Another good boss fight. Psychomantis. Kind of. Oh, it's yeah. weird for PC. It was it was a little bit of a letdown for PC. Because you don't get all of the fun controller swapping madness and all of the exciting, oh, I'm reading your memory card as the master of psychokinetic energy. <laughs> yeah, he... He totally read that I played Super Mario Sunshine and Super Smash Bros. Melee. So that was neat. Nice Twin Snakes touch. Nice Twin Snakes touch. No such thing for PC. The nope. setup is there. Here's why I will show you how I am the powerful master. <gasps> and then it just skips it. Time to fight. Then you have a mini Darth Vader moment where he asks you to take off the mask. But inside is just the biggest incel. <laughs> the biggest incel just really mad at people breeding for their genetics yeah that's all people want to do it's the only thing psychomantis ever saw when reading the future that's the one true thought they had and couldn't stand it they couldn't, couldn't stand, stand it. it one bit <laughs> oh man psychomantis just gets overwhelmed by other people's personality you should put a pin in that and keep that for later oh, okay the next person, my favorite adrenaline addict, Sniper Wolf. Oh, God, yes. Sniper Wolf just constantly on horse tranquilizers. Mm-hmm. So much on horse tranquilizers that a virus doesn't affect her. That's the plot point at the end. Yep. We couldn't kill, uh, we couldn't kill Sniper Wolf. Nope. Why? Just addicted to diazepram or something like that? Diazepreme? One of those. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of heart-stopping-ish medicine or adrenaline medicine, something weird. Good for making you snipe. Apparently. It felt so weird for that to be the plot point. Oh yeah, we, uh, Fox died. It worked on most everyone, except for these people. We don't know why about these two, but we do know it didn't work on Sniper Wolf because she likes drugs. Right. And drugs, yeah. of course, are the mortal enemy of viral infections. Yeah, Li Liquid and Ocelot were doing some real, like, Back of the napkin doctor science. They're trying to figure out why the virus didn't kill Sniper Wolf. Throw up their hands and say, I don't know. She's doing all the drugs, though. Maybe it's that. Probably that. It's probably the drugs. It's really silly. I, I love the cutscenes and how fully serious they are. They're great. It, the game takes itself seriously in a way that is uh, almost... Almost endearing. It's charming and it works. It makes you it feel is. it. The voice actors know what they're doing in the original version. It feels lost a bit in the recorded version. The re they tone everything way down in the in the Twin Snakes. Yeah, they lowered the camp level. For better and for worse. No, just for worse. I, I don't see the positive, honestly. Well, oh. okay, sorry. The mailing. Mailing is positive. I'll always have that, yes. Because we're talking about Sniper Wolf, we should talk about Hal. Yeah, Hal and then Liquid Snake. And then I think that's pretty much everyone. Yeah. 
So Hal is a very useful engineer. Hal Emmerich invented the biggest cool fucking mech you've ever seen. It shoots nukes from anywhere. It's the most American badass thing. If you were running around in the schoolyard as an eight-year-old going like, I'm going to be the most American badass thing, you'd be the Metal Gear Rex. (laughs) Hal just thought he was making a walking battle tank, you know, for funsies, I guess. Yeah, for fun, because he's going to do the right thing and help humanity with robots. Yeah, I mean, he knew it was for war, but he didn't think it was nukes, but... He's also, he also knew and was just lying to himself. He was. He really was. He's an otaku. He just wants to make Gundam. (laughs) He just got into the robot making business for Gundam. He made all the police suits for the Japanese police academy. That's what, that was stated. (laughs) That fact is just blowing my mind. I cannot believe I missed that. (laughs) The dude just likes robots. And good for him. Yeah. That makes me happy. He also is in love with Sniper Wolf? Yeah, um, very enforcefully so. Like, I'm in love with you. Right. But she never reciprocates, except for the fact that, like, she gave him a handkerchief? Which, I guess, is reciprocation. Maybe for her? But Otacon likes her because she likes dogs. So, how bad could she be? I have a question about Otacon's ending, though. What what, okay. what exactly happens? Like Yeah, so they they are uh, driving out in the Jeep and Snake hops on the M60 and shoots liquid and you get to the end of the tunnel and trip on a rock. I don't know. <laughs> but fucking the Jeeps go flying and liquid uh, lands to his death, I guess, and is just there dead. And then it's found out, oh, Fox die happened on liquid. And then Otacon and Snake hop on uh, the uh, snowmobile and they're like, Let's uh let's go. It's uh it's cool. We're gonna we're gonna go out and be bros and and Otacon's like, Yeah, Hal. My name's Hal Emmerich, you remember that, right? And Snake's like, I have a real name too. It's Dave. David Hader, my voice actor. <laughs> Dave. And then they make the great joke of Hal and Dave. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Dumb. That's right. Was, I forgot about it, that. It was pretty good. It, their ending's pretty gay. It <laughs> I is. I love it. it. It's nice. I. It's weird. The canon is weird because... Mostly because of how young Meryl is. Meryl survives. Oh, no, that's not... Don't worry. Snake Snake will have sex with that 18-year-old. He does not care. That Snake has no problem with that. It's creepy. I don't... Mm-mm. They don't even know each other. I don't know. I don't get it. But I feel like you know Hal more than you know Meryl. Hal makes more sense romantically, in my opinion, but... Right. Whatever. You have to get the girl. It's the 90s. It's the 90s. It's right. (laughs) Yeah, holy crap. I'm now just, like, thinking about it. Meryl's hardly in the game. Hardly. Like, barely. You rescue her a couple of times, and you watch her butt a couple of times. Yeah. You rescue her a couple of times in the short time you know her. And then you're like, that's that's it. This is it. We're going. We're going to town. But you can talk to Otacon a lot throughout the mission and just get more background information you from him. You can call him. You can ask him questions. He'll tell you about the facility. He helped design it. He'll give you food and ketchup. Yeah. Real helpful dude. Just... MVP, 
Which makes sense while afterwards Snake leaves Meryl for hanging out with Otacon. That's the true canon ending. No, that is the true canon ending. Oh, Meryl dies in that game? No. Canonically? Oh, sorry. No, the true canon ending is Snake is with Meryl for like a week and disappears in the middle of the night and hangs out with Hal. Oh, (laughs) nice. Yeah. Good for you, Hal. Don't worry, in one game they live on a plane together. I love that. And they raise a child. On a plane. On a plane. Is that five? I'm just just gonna put a pin on that. Okay. <laughs> I do I'll play these games eventually. Yeah. That's why we're just gonna put a pin in it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend. The other snake. Solidus. No, Liquidus. Oh, Liquidus. No, Naked. Actually, Naked Snake. Oh, no, not yet. You're not ready. That tale. That tale you're not ready for. <laughs> maybe maybe another day. Maybe. Okay. But Liquid. Liquid is a tale for today. Yes, tell it, oh, Liquidus one. He doesn't have a shirt. Almost ever. Under that coat he wears, no shirt. So he just takes off that coat. No shirt. He is also Patrick Swayze. From Point Break. From Point Break. Great. Famously. Great movie comparison. And Roadhouse, but he's more Point Break, less Roadhouse. Yeah. I mean, he's a real bad dude. He's also it's, very it's, British. He's very British in the original. Solid Snake. He's very British for a man who's part of an elite american military special forces true and a clone of an american man oh fuck you know what i just remembered put a pin in that. recessive traits nope put a pin in that uh oh okay (laughs) oh fuck that's right are you sure yeah i'm sure nope i remember there's a reason there's a reason he's british yep (laughs) oh oh yep 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 there's a big old reason yeah, in the remake, they make him very American. So, obviously, it's just whatever action movie they're feeling. In the 90s and 80s, the British person was always the bad guy. I think of, like, that, Die Hard. Is is that the reason? Yeah, Hans Gruber. But he, I guess he's German. That's still, you know, European. The, the bad guys are always He's European. played by a British person is what fucks me up. Hans Gruber. Yeah, played by... Played by Hans Gruber. Alan Rickman. Well, yes, Alan Rickman. <laughs> Who's British. Because I get a lot of Hans Gruber vibes from... I, I almost said Dio. I also get Dio vibes from Liquid. <laughs> yeah, there are major Dio versions. I, I think it's actually stuff. just Dio, isn't it, huh? It's a lot of Dio. Mostly Dio. Just the angry, blonde person. Mullet, too. Yep. Dio's got a mullet. My god. I just love turning around and seeing Dio. He also is very obsessed about genes. He's the one that informs us that Solid Snake has all the dominant genes and Liquid has all the recessive. But Liquid doesn't know what he's talking about in different meanings of the phrase. He does not know what genes are and he does not know that Liquid actually has all the dominant genes and Snake has all the recessive. It's very confusing when you think about it. 
It's unnecessarily confusing. They're just clones of the big boss. That's all. That's all they are. Yep. They could just be clones. There's no need for this, like... <laughs> Liquid's really pissed about it. He's real pissed to have the recessive genes. Throws a big old, you don't know what it's like, monologue. Every other scene he's in. he He's so pissed about it. He's ready to nuke anywhere in the world. Yeah. Stealthily. Thanks to the railgun nuke technology of Metal Gear Rex. I thought it used old, existing technology. No, but you knew about this the whole time, Colonel. Admit it. <laughs> uh, I, I can't. Because you're a weird old man, Colonel. <laughs> uh, everyone lies to you, especially Liquid, because throughout this entire game, he pretends to be Master Miller. <sighs> Which I was so upset about. That was the twist that actually surprised me the most. Really? Master Miller's been dead for three days, and yeah. I have been pretending to be him. It's me, brother. It's so good when he takes off the sunglasses and lets down his mullet. Let's down that mullet, yep. It's also funny. You can find this out if you contact Miller whenever Liquid's around. You never get a response. Really? Yeah. Huh. I never, I never tried that, but that's a nice detail. They're very consistent on when you can call people. And I like that. Keeps the continuity going. So is there any last thoughts you want to hit on before we move on to some questions? Um, no, not really. Just I had a really overall good time. It's the, uh, it's the big takeaway. It was fun. These, these characters are outrageous for very, very fun reasons most of the time. Most of the time. They're all just liars and cheats and constantly looking out for themselves to survive the next day. That's what I love about these people. They're just all, their backs are against the wall and they're lashing out in their ways that they know how. Yeah. Subterfuge, usually. Yep. (laughs) Underhanded tactics. I, I have so many notes on this game. Because we can only just touch the surface without this being a 20-hour podcast. <laughs> my favorite thing. One of my favorite things. Okay. Before, before we leave. I, I just need to... Um, I explained it two days ago. But I'm going to explain it again. It's from the remake. When you fight Liquid in a helicopter. You don't do the finishing blow in the remake. Instead, a... Cutscene happens where a uh, portion of a steel beam comes flying at Snake. Snake does a backflip and throws a grenade onto the beam and it blasts away and launches Snake into the air and stops the beam from coming at Snake. And Snake whips out his rocket launcher and fires into Liquid's helicopter, beating Liquid. I just... The Matrix happened, and it absolutely devastated what the cutscenes were in these games. <laughs> I, they'll try stuff like this in the later games, and it works. But when you do it to Metal Gear Solid 1, where it's not about this, it feels strange. Otherworldly. Uh, yeah, it just I'm entering a new realm of s- superhero shit. Somehow Snake is Nero. Oh, and Liquid has worse hair. That's the other crime. Damn. 
Less poofy. Less but Patrick Swayze. The, the poof is essential. The poof is essential. I don't know how you're poofier on a PlayStation 1 than you are a GameCube. Like, what the fuck? Hmm. Well, do we have any questions from our uh, loyal oh. listeners? Oh, no, we do. But I actually forgot an important detail on that rocket scene. I was wrong about the sequence. He oh. doesn't backflip. That's not how it gets in the air at first. Liquid fires a missile and Snake jumps on the missile and hops. Toadstool jumps a missile. <laughs> what? And then he throws a grenade and the grenade blows him back and he does a backflip whipping out his rocket launcher. Because uh-huh. there's an explosion happening behind Snake from him toadstooling the missile uh-huh. <laughs> so he looked sick not looking at the explosion behind him while, while making an, an explosion, explosion in front, in of, front him. of him yes yeah yeah i see i follow it's stupid but also kind of delicious it does not belong in metal gear solid now metal gear solid 2 for sure maybe metal gear solid Revi- revengeance yes Sorry. Metal well, that game's Gear. just all about over the top. Yeah. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. We need another Metal Gear Rising game. Yeah, where's Rising Redundance? Nobody asked that question, but we also got asked interesting questions. Let's let's break into them. Please.
Okay. First question comes from Imundi on the Discord. Do you think Kojima knew where he was going with the story from across the series from the get-go, or do you think it evolved over time? No, he did not know where it's going. He just made it up as it oh. kept going. I'm pretty sure. I like that. Yeah, I think it's a better and more interesting choice. I think he kind of responds to how the games are made, mm -hmm. and then he makes the next one. Yeah. The next question Imundi asks is... Did the remake for GameCube implement any changes that you felt enhanced the game? Any that hindered from the game? I did like having the ability to tranquilize people. That enhanced. Uh, Metal Gear Solid is all about tranking people in my eyes. Any that hindered... Probably the cutscenes, but gameplay-wise... The AI cone was actually too wide and there's not enough spaces to hide. Because they kept all the geometry and objects in the level the same, but the enemies could see further, and that didn't work. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes for a more difficult experience. Um, uh, the next one is Edgelord Jake. What is the proper order to play the core game? Can I just play Metal Gear Solid, or do I need to play Metal Gear to really appreciate the Metal Gear sto uh, Solid storyline? What do you think about this, Dale? Uh, you can start at Metal Gear Solid because it's it's an old game to begin with and to go further back I think at this point would be difficult to do technology wise. Uh, I don't know for sure how easy or hard it would be to play Metal Gear and Metal Gear, Sol Metal Gear Solid Snake. You can get but... them both on uh, Galaxy of Games or good old games, whatever that store is. Greg's, Greg's overarching games. Yep. Yeah, uh, well, that's cool, but still, old games, hard controls, not fun. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, like you said, you could read it in the extra when you play Battle of Your Solid. There's a very thorough summarization from both for both games. And the proper order to play it is really just the order the games are released in. Because yep. it really is important to have that self-reference. So start from Battle of Your Solid. One, go to two, go to three, go to four if you can. It's harder to find three and four. So you could just play five after doing... No, you really should play three before you play five. Get a PlayStation 4. Get a just PlayStation, get a PlayStation 3. Get a PlayStation 3 and buy the Metal Gear Solid Legacy Collection, which has one, two, three, and four. There you go. That's. Uh, I'm so sad I had to sell my PS3. Damn. Yeah, what else would you play on it? Those that's like the only game anymore. Demon Souls. But that you can play that elsewhere. Lair. I don't know what that is. Heavenly Sword. Okay. I that's the probably... game with the red red knight, right? Sure. Um I could probably keep going, but I'm gonna stop. <laughs> this next question comes from Suzor. What's something you need to know before playing Metal Gear Solid? None. You Nothing can, at all. You can just Hop go in. in. Have you ever played the VR missions? I have, and they are fun. I recommend playing them if anyone hasn't. Oh, should I have done that? Yeah, you should. They're fun. They're like scenarios, essentially. Just little stealth scenarios. Okay. Walk next to the guy without being got. Kind of a brain teaser. And I got a final question today that was handwritten. This is from Knickknack. All right. 
what was the first game you remembered playing and what did you like about it? This is a great question. You go first. The first game I remember playing was Toy Story for the Super Nintendo, and I liked it because it was Toy Story. The first game I remember playing is um, Microsoft Fine Artist with Nick Z, <laughs> and I loved it because it was a souped-up Microsoft Paint with all of these fun little animations and this zany music and these fun fart sound effects. Okay. <laughs> yep. It was great. It was just it. It was yeah. a good game for like a four-year-old, which I was. Even when I was four, I hated farts as a joke. <laughs> yep. And I love you, so I'm lo- just gonna torment you. Too. Yep. Un- understandable. I acknowledge <laughs> this. <laughs> so that was all of our questions. If you have a question you want to ask us, you can enter our Discord, which is in our episode notes. Welcome in. Come on in. Feel free to join. Yeah. But we have one more thing today. One one quick... You mentioned there was a special. I'm excited to see what it is. So, I took inspiration for last month, where we were giving quizzes from Suzor and did one on air. Uh Uh-huh. On recording. And I found a Metal Gear Solid quiz, but I thought, well, a trivia one's going to be kind of really annoying, honestly. Uh, yeah so this quiz is which metal gear character are you and we're gonna find out what character dale is i'm so excited all right first question your children are being unruly to get them to behave do you torture them for hours put them to sleep with a long dramatic series of threats endure it burn their eggs Inspire obedience through a rousing speech about children without a nation. <laughs> Hide in a locker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to burn their eggs. <laughs> Those fuckers are getting burnt eggs for breakfast. <laughs> if you were in command of a group of soldiers... What tactic would you use to defeat your enemy? Train my men hard by having them live on an abandoned ocean platform. Burn their eggs. (laughs) Take over a nuclear decommissioning facility and capture warheads to use. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Leave the group behind. You work alone. Nanomachines. Uh, nanomachines for sure. Send them to attack the enemy and talk to them through a tiny robot. <laughs> Are those all of them? Yep. Yeah, nanomachines. <laughs> nanomachines, son! Christ. That's that's a game. That Yep. No, that's not what I'm thinking of. What's that's your... my source because I made it the fuck up! <laughs> What's your favorite guilty pleasure? Hentai. Watching old episodes of Gunsmoke. Smoking cigars. Shuffleboard. Talking to myself in the mirror. Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. (laughs) Uh, Burning their eggs. 
Nope, not an option. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay is kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. Okay, so we're going to lie. Next question. How is your relationship with your friends? Wait, we're going to lie? What? I just We're just acknowledging that you're going to lie. How am I lying? Anyways, next question. What? <laughs> burn, burn their eggs. <laughs> I was... I'm going to edit this part out, but I'm making the joke hentai. Oh. That's not a guilty pleasure. That's an actual pleasure. <laughs> you don't have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not guilty about that. How long is your relationship with your friends? My friends often end up betraying me. <laughs> I'm not afraid of hurting them if I have to. I'm a loner. But I have one or two great friends. I can overcome any fear to help them. A man's gotta have someone to listen to him talk. I, I burn their eggs. <laughs> burn their eggs. No, I can definitely overcome any fear to help my friends. Aw. Golden retriever energy. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bo- giant golden retriever. What's your favorite animal? A cat, a fox, a dog, a chicken, a cobra, a deer. Burned Um, eggs. (laughs) So I heard heard you say, what's your favorite Hannibal? And I thought the (laughs) options were going to be Mads Mikkelsen (laughs) or or Anthony Hopkins. (laughs) No, sorry. That's the... uh, Michigan accent coming through hard over like. <laughs> what were the options? <laughs> okay. Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Mads Mickelson. Brian Cox. <laughs> Which one Mads is the Mickelson. best animal? Okay, that's fair. Alright. A cat, a fox, a dog, a chicken, a cobra, a deer. A deer of the... No, a dog. Dog from those options. Golden Retriever energy. Yeah. Calculating results. Damn, it's calculating. Wow. The suspense is killing me. Big Boss. Oh, shit! Like Big Boss, you walk through life confidently and with the support of others. You can be a bit too idealistic and philosophical sometimes, but you've got the skill to back it up. Everyone you love dies, and your life is terrible. Very true. (laughs) Wow. That's a stinger of an ending. Just compliments. Compliments, and then your horrible fate. Yep. Okay, well. Not only does everyone die, life just fucking sucks. (laughs) But you got your friends. (laughs) I do. I do have my good friends that I would do anything for. What are we playing next month, Dale? Um, I honestly forgot. What is next month's Centennial Case? Next month is Centennial Case. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm going to play it on Switch on my flight. Just enjoy that Centennials and Casein. Yeah, it's it's a great um looking game. I don't know too much about it other than it's a video kind of murder mystery. Yeah. Yeah, you solve a murder mystery across a hundred years as, like, different people time-traveling something. I don't know. Isn't there, uh, isn't there a statute of limitations on murder? 
Mm. Actually, I don't think there is. I don't know, but I should anyway. find out. <laughs> so, if you like this episode, you should definitely go review it on Apple Podcasts, or if there's other places you can review this, review it there. I think you should 100% definitely give us a five star. That would be appreciated and especially entertaining because at this segment, if you do that, Faden's going to read your silly words yeah. or encouraging words or yeah. negative words. Yeah. If you leave a five-star review and like have it written, I'll actually read it at this point. And the funnier, the better. And we don't have any right now. And I'm just so sad about that. Even yeah. if you have to create an Apple account, I personally would appreciate it. Maybe someday we'll get there. It's what you could do for Gay Wrath Month. Just for yes. me. Just, just for Faden. Just for me personally. I, I would prefer that. And so now our outro, where we say goodbye yeah. somehow, that we have we not figured out We do say goodbye. Yet. It's a good way to say thank you for listening when we say the words, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs>